Kia ora, everyone. I was going to say you may have a seat, but you've already done that. Um, <laughs> as Shannon said, my name's Chelsea, and I thought I would just start off by doing something like completely different and just show some photos. Is that all right with you? Okay, so first slide, please. Or do I push this clicky thing? Hold on. Oh, there we go. I know, you know, oh. So um, I'm married to this guy. Um, he's, my, he's my Edward, my handsome husband. And we've been married for nearly 14 years. I know, what a record, man. <laughs> um, and Pastor James, he married us. Um, so this is a special place for my husband and I and our family. I'm going to try the clicky thing. Oh my gosh, it works, guys. <laughs> what magic is this? Um, we have three sons. We have Ra, my oldest son, Josiah, my middle boy, and Levi. And Levi's here tonight. Shout out to you, Levi. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And now this has got nothing to do, but I, I consider them family. These are my chickens. <laughs> Now, we have four chickens, but there are five chickens there, because one of them is in heaven. Um, Because you're not allowed roosters, okay? So that one, ask my husband how that one left, okay? Maybe in next week's friendship break. Um, Now, I love birds, as you can tell. (laughs) Look at them. My one's called Queenie, just in case you wanted to know. Um... And my favourite, my actual favourite bird, apart from chickens, is a cockatoo. You know that big white bird with the yellow, like, um, mohawk? Yep, love them. Now, I heard something funny the other day. Now, I think it's funny. I hope you find it's funny. But if you don't, I don't care anyway. I'm still going to laugh. <laughs> a young man received a cockatoo as a gift. But the bird was extremely stubborn, and he had an extremely stubborn attitude. And every word out of his mouth was rude and obnoxious. Now, the young man got so fed up with it one day, he grabbed the bird, put him in the freezer, hoping to teach him a lesson, only for a couple of minutes, okay, don't freak out. The cockatoo squawked, it kicked, it screamed, and then suddenly it fell silent. Fearing that this guy had hurt the bird, he quickly opened the door. The cockatoo stepped out, and said, (laughs) I believe I may have offended you. I'm seriously remorseful and promise I will never behave that way again. And by the way, the bird continued, may I ask what happened to the chicken? (laughs) Or what the chicken did? Anyway, that's enough about that. It's got nothing to do with Jesus. (laughs) I just found it funny. Um, So I've been here at City Church for 14 years, just about as long as I've been married. And I'm so grateful for Ellen and Eleanor. I mean, they're just like having parents in the faith, you know? And I've lost my mum, so it's like, oh, God, a new one. A new dad, too. Hi, Dad. No, sorry. I'm sticking to my notes. Um, So I just want to honour them, but I also want to honour the church community. Like, I have had so much encouragement, and I just want to say thank you. We have an awesome community here. And if you're new, you want to get in. So be part of the whānau. So this evening, I'm excited to share the word with you tonight. So let's start with some prayer. Okay, let's bring Jesus in the house. Dear Lord, we come to you tonight to worship you. We thank you for all you've done for us. And we thank you for your word and your promises. Gracious Father, help us to live worthy 
of your calling. Help us to want to be like you. Help us to draw nearer to you. May we open our hearts to hear what you want us, uh, what you want to say to us each tonight, and help us to walk out the calling and plans you have made for us. Yes. Amen. 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 Okay. So the title of my message tonight is: There are two things that are inevitable, and they are death and taxes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not my message. <laughs> But there's a lady in my business group who says this every week or every couple of weeks. And I laugh every time, so I find that funny. Anyway, this is actually the title. Do you love your calling or comfort? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. We can go back to death and taxes if you want. (laughs) Now, this week, I was spending a lot of time preparing for my testimony for Girls' Night Out. And we all have a story, right? You have a story, I have a story, we've all got one. And how we got here today. And we all have a reason for our hope. We just have to be ready and willing to share it. I had to come out of my comfort zone and be vulnerable and honest with a whole group of ladies that I did not know. Some of them I knew, some of you were here. Um, And I started to think, wow, how much my life has changed since I met Jesus. How many barriers I've had to break through and how he's completely transformed my life. I was 23 when I met Jesus. That was 17 years ago. And I haven't looked back for fear of turning into like one of those pillar of salts, like Lot's wife, you know. No, I'm just kidding. Because God has called me to live different. I don't need to live in my past. I want to live with Jesus in the present. And I want to be led by him. And that means I have to come out of my comfort zone and live worthy of my calling. Next slide. Hold on, I've got to point out the right thing. (laughs) Broke it. Dear Jesus, come back and make it work. Thank you. (laughs) He works fast. Um, A calling from God isn't just for some special believers, right, who have a full-time ministry vocation. Every Christian has God's calling on their life. The Greek word for calling is klesis. It means a calling or an invitation. In oh, Colossians 1, 13, 14, it says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Essentially, we are called and rescued from team darkness and invited to, do, to join Team Light. Now, for you that know me, I'm thinking like of a team like this, like hockey. Yeah. Hockey's a real sport, right? Yeah. Says me. Um, I love hockey, and I played, I've played hockey since I was about six or seven. And this photo kind of sums up how I play. <laughs> I'm either all in, or I'm like nothing. And I used to be on Team Darkness before, right? Before I was saved. And now I'm on Team Light, like the rest of you, right? I believe God wants us all in. And as followers of Christ, we are are to live worthy of this holy invitation. Our new team jerseys, they're coming, um, came at the highest price. So what kind of transferred team member will you be? For me... I want to live worthy of my calling for my new coach, 
Manu Dad, the one who gave himself for me. So how do we do that? Every Christian is called to follow and become like Christ. Therefore, we should ask ourselves, how do I become Christ-like? Are the fruits of the Spirit something that, we simply, that simply happen to you? When I pray, read the Bible, or when I go to church? Some believers seem to think so, and then they end up discouraged by their failure, failure to see spiritual growth. So here's what we must remember. On our own, you and I can't become like Christ. We can't produce the fruit of love, joy, or goodness by ourselves. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit dwells in us and supplies his love. We choose his joy over despair, his peace over our fears, his faithfulness over the easy out. Ultimately, if we have any blessed, fruitful results, it's only because we are in a dependent relationship with God. So this divine loving connection is where we rely on and fix our hearts, affections on our beautiful God. Love and all its stunning fruit is the outcome of this holy relationship. Author Anne Voskamp says it this way, we do what we do because of who or what we love. So love decides. Do you love your calling or your comfort? When we love, we reveal God's nature in us, yeah? Which in turn glorifies him in the world. The origin of all our good fruit comes from the connection to the vine. And the quality of our fruit will match the quality of our daily connected dependency to the Holy Spirit. That's why more than anything else, we must understand that we are first and only called to Christ Jesus, to walk with him, to know him intimately. And I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes I have this overwhelming love for people, and then other times I find evidence where my love for people is waning, where selfishness stands out more than selflessness, and criticism chokes out my compassion. How about you? Does your life resemble Christ more than the bad fruits of this world? You can't give what you don't have. And if you are spiritually depleted, it's likely you've disconnected from depending on the vine. Filling time with your own agenda, doom scrolling, will leave you empty and dried up. We've all been there, done that too many times, right? But it's time to wise up. Fill up on the vine. It's time to live worthy of the calling we have received. You can be a reflection of Jesus every day. You can use every moment to draw closer, a a closer connection to the Father by just simply talking to him. It's that easy. Listen for those specific opportunities and he will show you how to walk in his ways. Now, I have quite a few stories of how God took me out of my comfort zone. Anyone else? And how he led me. I um, started my own business a year ago. It was a step of faith. And now I make soft furnishings and upholstery. And I deal with a lot of clients over the phone and in person. I get a lot of people asking me all sorts of things. 
Like, can you make a cushion? Yes. Can you make a cover for an aeroplane? Well, I found out, yes, I can. <laughs> can you do some squabs for a bus? Yes. And so much more, okay? But when you start a business, you often say yes to any jobs just to get established and make some money, right? And then soon you realize what you probably should have said no to <laughs> because they're not right for your business. Let's just say, I learned a lot in my first year. Ask my husband. <laughs> so now I pray over every job, right? One thing I do not sew is curtains. I might have sewn the curtains over there and there, but never again. Um, it doesn't mean that I can't sew curtains, but not all things are beneficial to us, right? So if you know what I mean, they, that's a specialized thing. They're also very large and they take up a lot of room. And I remember one day, I was praying for the day and my business and the work for the day, and I got a call from a lady. She wanted me to make some curtains. Everyone say curtains. Yeah. My instant response was, no. However, the longer I was on the phone, the more I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go do the job. I then said, I can come and have a look at the job and then I'll make a decision whether I can help you. Because sometimes looking at the jobs, you know what you can do, right? On the drive, I remember praying and talking to God, just having a conversation as if he were there in the car with me. Yeah. Does anyone else talk to God in the car? Okay, I'm not the only one. Must look funny when you're driving past someone, no one's in the car. Lord, that's why I said to him, Lord, you know I don't like making curtains. Please reveal what this is about. Show me and direct me, please. I get there, I meet the lady, and she shows me the windows that need dressing. I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to share my testimony and pray with the lady. And I was like, hold on, hold on a minute, God. God, I don't know this lady. She's going to think I'm crazy, right? Then she starts getting sad and upset. And now the Holy Spirit will prompt me again. And it goes this time, share your testimony and pray for this lady. Invite her to church and dinner. And I was like, ah, I'm like, what? God, you're asking a bit much. Before I knew it, the words were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Have you had one of those moments? They happen to me all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, I can see you are going through a hard time. I know about hard times. I've been through some hard times too. I can share mine and you could share yours. She looked at me and she said, please, that would be amazing. I shared my testimony. So I did it really quickly. I'll show you how I did it. Okay, you ready for this? At the age of 22, I was at a point in my life. I did it a little bit slower. I was a solo mum raising a child and trying to do something with my life. I didn't want to continue following in the footsteps of my mother and living a dysfunctional way that I was brought up. So I enrolled in uni again, and this time I wanted to aim higher. I wanted to cross credit and get a degree. I had two years to complete and I said to myself, you can do this. I managed to balance study and being a solo mum. I've never felt, or however, gosh, there's always a however, I fell head over heels for a new guy in Auckland and things moved so fast that I got pregnant again. It was like deja vu. I thought to myself, how did I get here again? At this point in my life, I was at a crossroads, a solo mum, a nine-month-old baby, Pregnant with another on the way, no husband, no support, no family, no hope. 
I was isolated and trying to figure things out all by myself. The guy who I was with at the time insisted he didn't want to be a dad. He wanted me to have an abortion. And the only option for me was to go along with it. So at 23, I was at a place in my life I didn't want to be. Having another child as a solo mum was going to make things very difficult. So I listened to him and I booked the appointment. The day I had the abortion booked, I was really struggling. I felt hopeless, I felt broken, I felt alone, and I didn't have anyone in Auckland, so I took up the courage to ask a girl in my class I met at university, and I asked if she could come and support me. She said she would. However, she said she didn't agree with my decision, but she would support me anyway. One hour before the appointment, we met together, and she said, how about we go through a walk in Albert Park in the centre of the city to clear your head and to get some fresh air. She then asked if she could pray for me. And because I wasn't a Christian there, I was like, that's a bit weird. You can pray for me, though. And as she was praying, it was a windy day, and while she prayed, I was so desperate for an answer right then and there. I asked God that if he was real, could he show me a sign to keep the baby? Well, as soon as I said that, this piece of paper flew by, landed on my leg, And on this piece of paper were the words written in a bold font like this, I kid you not, life and death. And then it had this message just under it. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to keep his commands, decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. I later found that in Deuteronomy 30 verse 15 to 19. I had a peace and a sense of warmth all around me. I decided that this was the sign from God and that I would keep the baby. Instead of going to the abortion clinic, we went out for lunch. We celebrated. (laughs) We celebrated saving this baby's life. And after this, I started going to church with my new friend and wanted to know more about this God. My life has been forever changed. So that's what I said to the lady. The lady I came to see about the curtains, she was sobbing. She was so moved. I said, can I pray for you? Because I was following the Holy Spirit, remember? Who said, tell testimony, then pray for her. I was like, can I pray for you? She said, yes, please. And then she opened up about her story. And then I followed what the Holy Spirit said again. And I said, do you want to come to church with me? And do you want to come and have dinner with me beforehand? So you don't feel so overwhelmed, so you know someone. She was like... Yes, that would be amazing. So I set it all up. I went and picked her up. And she came to church. She put her hand up. She got saved. And I was like, wow, that's just a day in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder what tomorrow's going to happen. (laughs) And the answer is no, don't ring me about curtains. (laughs) Did you know that one of the devil's strategies for keeping you defeated is keeping you from your calling? keeping you in your dysfunction. Have you got comfortable in your dysfunction? Well, growing up, The Simpsons was a show on TV. Probably still is, right? Some people still watch it. I remember watching this dysfunctional family and relating. And just like my family, we had happy moments, but we also had a lot lot that caused pain and trauma. And you kind of get used to functioning that way. And you get comfortable with dysfunction. 
Paul writes in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, God offers comfort to all. It's quite little, so I'll just read it. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and our source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort others. When they are in trouble, we are able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the, for the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives you. I love this scripture. It's like a counseling scripture. When people are going through hard things, the two verses in particular where it talks about sometimes when you go through something in your life, you're not going through it for you. Even though it's hard and it's real for you, there is somebody who has gone through a similar thing and they will need what you have. After you go through what you're going through and you will have to give it to them and it will comfort and help them. Just like my story with the lady in the curtains. It is the function of comfort. Comfort has a function. The comfort of Christ comes in our lives, not so that we can only be comforted, but that we can comfort others. And if you search the scriptures for comfort, you'll find many commands to comfort others. And you'll find many promises that God will comfort you, but you'll never find permission to comfort yourself. What the devil wants to do, to, uh, wants us to do, is to learn to run for comfort and for cover, and to place us outside of our calling, so that he can keep us comfortable in our dysfunction, so that we will never see our destiny come to pass. That's what the devil does. The devil wants to comfort you in your dysfunction, until you no longer see it even as a problem, and it becomes your normal. But Christ came to comfort. But Christ came to confront your dysfunction. Praise be to the God and our Father of Lord Jesus Christ, Father of compassion, who comforts us in all trouble. Comfort can, be, can become dysfunctional when we get it from the wrong place. Some of us have comfort foods, right? I know I do. I love chocolate. You all love something else. I know it. It could be working obsessively, keeping busy, alcohol, Addictions, some of us have comfort friends, etc. Some of us have people in our lives who are good to us, but they're not good for us. And I don't mean to call you out, okay? But it could be possible that your comfort is keeping you from your calling. God will disrupt my comfort to confront my dysfunction. How cool is God, eh? <laughs> now, Jesus comes to confront, not to condemn. There's a difference. Confrontation has the intent and, and the, the means to change you. Condemnation does not. So what have we allowed to become too comfortable in our presence to occupy the space that belongs to God? I think we get too comfortable sometimes with our dysfunction. I think the devil doesn't want to get us, us to get uncomfortable 
because then we, ch- we will change for the better. So he will make it so comfortable for us to be dysfunctional that we don't do anything different. God wants to confront what you have called normal and to call you into something greater. And I believe the spirit of Jesus is in you, that's in you, is greater than that that the world can offer. I really do believe that. You know, a lot of our problems with Christ is because we do not realize the primary function of that in our lives. I think a lot of us associate uh, Christ primarily function with comfort. We come to church for comfort. Got comfy seats. But people leave church sometimes because they say, I'm uncomfortable. And Jesus said, I'm not going to send you a comforter. Sorry, I'm going to send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only comforts, but he also convicts. The primary role of the Holy Spirit is comfort. But the primary role of Jesus was to come to earth, not to comfort. It was for confrontation. Jesus came to confront the systems that kept the people in bondage and in captivity. And it's important that we understand this. If we misunderstand the reason Christ came, we'll be confused about how we came to him. And we will begin to associate the presence of God in our lives with comfort. And we'll associate the devil with confrontation and conflict. But sometimes it's the devil who's giving you um, comfort. And it's God who's putting you in the conflict. There's a lot of like, la, la, la. sorry, I practice that a bit. To come into your calling, you are required to come out of your comfort zone. Now, when God calls you, he doesn't always make you change your career either. Calling is not about address. It's not about vocations. Calling is about vision. It's about the level at which you see the gift God has placed in your life. God created us and gave each of us a certain set of skills. And he's going to apply your aptitude to a higher calling. In other words, come follow me and I am going to enlarge your capacity. I'm going to bring you into your calling. But in order, to, uh, in order for you to find your calling, you've got to forsake your comfort. And we typ- typically want both, right? It's like people that go, I want to lose weight. And I want to get some abs, <laughs> you know, like a six-pack. Um, and no exercise and just filling up on junk food. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, okay? Tell, like, I know it doesn't. A divine calling, feeling, and no discomfort. But coming into your calling means coming out of your comfort zone. No certainty, no contract, just follow me, and I will show you as I go. If God is going to bless you, so you can be a blessing, you're going to have to learn to be uncomfortable. I'm sorry, guys, but you are. God's not going to call you to do something that is outside of your competency. He's going to use what you're good at. And I'm not saying it's not beyond your competency, but it's going to go beyond your comfort. You're going to feel stretched by this. And we may need to repent of some things. This, this word does not mean feel bad about yourself. It means change your mind to change the way you think about the reason that you're here and change the way you think about what you're going through and to change the way you think about who really is in the seat of authority in your life. Jesus says, follow me for for sake, the uh, familiar and walk in faith. 
The greatest enemy of faith is not fear, it's familiarity. Fear is an ally of faith. Fear puts you in a place where you know you need something greater than yourself, which makes connection with God possible. Fear can lead you to faith, but familiarity can keep you stuck in your predictable cycles. So just like me and my testimony, okay, there was familiarity, but the fear of the unknown put me in a place where I knew I needed something greater than myself, which made my connection with God possible in the park. A lot of times it's easy for us to give all that we have to Christ when we come to the end of ourselves, but when God calls you to come out of your success into something sacrificial, will you still obey? For me, I was comfortable in my dysfunction at times. The problem with staying comfortable is you miss your destiny. When God is about to take you to a higher um, level, there's going to always be some conflict. So you have to choose comfort or calling. Are you going to stay where you are and not rock the boat? Not, not have to stretch? Not have to be more disciplined? Not have to push past your fears? Are you going to choose to stay comfortable? Or are you going to step out in faith, take a risk? If you leave the comfort and come into the calling, God will make things happen. Oh my gosh, he does it to me all the time. That you couldn't make happen, you know? But too often we think, when I get the courage, I'll do this. When I have the strength, the confidence, then I'll get out of my comfort zone. Then I'll forgive that person that hurt me. Then I'll deal with this bad attitude. But if you're waiting to feel what you need to feel, you'll be waiting your whole life. You know, sometimes in church, I come, okay? I'm gonna be honest here. I don't feel like worshiping sometimes or singing, but I make myself. And then before I know it, guess what? My feelings start catching up to me. Next minute, I'm clapping. (laughs) I'm raising my hands. And then I have these kind of dance moves for Jesus that I've never had before. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Come on, feelings, let's catch up. Now, you may not ever feel like forgiving that person that did something wrong. You cannot wait for the perfect conditions or for your feelings to catch up. You have to make a move. Then God will make a move. And then you may not have the strength now, but that's because God is waiting for you to move. When you move, you step out of your comfort zone, strength will come and favour will come. My last slide. Who do you love more? Your comfort or your calling? Are you choosing your calling or your comfort? Are there areas where you know you need to make changes? You need to work on your relationship. You need to forgive. You need to stretch and walk in faith. Or are you letting fear of what people think stop you? I know that's been a huge one in my life. God is saying, if you choose my calling over your comfort, and if you do what I'm asking you to do, even though it's difficult, then I'll step in and I'll give you supernatural strength. I'll give you the boldness, the courage, the favor to accomplish dreams to overcome obstacles and to go where you couldn't go on your own. So I just want to pray, but I want everyone to stand while I pray. Father God, thank you that you are such a good God, that you loved us so much. Thank you for every person here tonight. Lord, I pray you would stir us up to want more of you and to know who we are and what our calling is. 
Help us to be in conversation with you about all things and to work in your mighty strength and not our own. Help us tonight to step out of our comfort zone and break free from the enemy and into your plans and your purpose. Right now, I just wanted to open up the altar here tonight for anyone who wants prayer, to walk in their calling, to step out of your comfort zone. If that's you tonight, will you step out? Will you step out of your comfort zone now? Will you come to the front? Our team would love to pray for you. God's spirit is within his people and his people can also comfort others. He works in them and through them to offer a hope that's beyond any present or future pain. Maybe you feel weary, heavy burdened by life. Come forward. Maybe you have obstacles in your life that feel too big to move. Maybe you just want God to fill you afresh tonight. Maybe you want change, but you don't know where to start. Come to the front. Maybe you want God to move in your life. No no matter how bad things get, God can comfort you in a way that no one else can. You can lean on Him. So come forward. Take a step out of your comfort zone and come into your calling. Amen.